If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. America, hour number two, as we welcome you in. It's really our third hour together. Back with Amal Shaw. I'm Ben Wilson from the South Point Sportsbook Studios. Uh, Britton Hess, our producer, he is, he is engrossed in all of his plays going on right now. That's been a successful start to the college football season. Week one slate, a bunch of games of all we've been talking about already. Quickly, though, before we have, uh, we have another couple get kicking off in a moment. Fresno State, Oregon. This will go off Oregon uh, in that 20-and-a-half point range. Total of 63 in Eugene against the 1-0 Fresno State Bulldogs. Rice goes to Arkansas, taking on uh, taking on the uh, Razorbacks in Fayetteville. Been bet up here, I'm all up to 20, not uh, 50 and a half, by the way, your total. As uh, we'll, you know, we'll get to see, it'll be interesting. We, we just you know, we spent our time ripping David Shaw a moment ago, just for, for lack of creativity. One of his disciples here in Mike Bloomgren, the fourth-year coach for uh, for Rice. And look, while the Owls have been, and eh, you're a Houston guy you, in, in years past, you, you're da- familiar. Dallas, Dallas, big difference. Well, I, okay, you, you're you familiar. You don't tell Texas somebody schools. who's from LA who, who's hey, you know you're San a San Francisco, Francisco guy. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. You know I like to you know, I like to ruffle your feathers. Yeah, I mean my point is you're familiar with how 
how atrocious that program has been in the past. It is not as bad as it certainly has been, but this is still a big, uh, you know, a t- tough spot to ask going to, to Fayetteville. Although I'm not sure uh, for Sam Pittman, do, how much do we really trust a guy like him? In a, in a spot like this, you're laying three touchdowns here, uh, essentially, to open up the year. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to lay this number with Arkansas. I wouldn't want to take Rice either in this spot. Terrific defense last year for Rice. Top 25 defense. Um, but overall, I, I can see why money's coming in on Arkansas. You have an SEC team. I'll tell you, Rice had one of the great covers of all time in the mid-90s. They were playing Texas. Ricky Williams was there. I think it was like 95 or 96. They were getting 26 or something. They ended up losing the game by a touchdown. So I'll give Rice all that credit going back give to 25, 26 credit. years. What's that? Yeah, give give them the credit. For give them credit. For 95 20, cover. 96, yeah. whatever it was. Whatever hey, listen. What the point is, though, it was an interstate matchup, so you're going to get a team fired up for it. This is a game you're playing Arkansas. Yeah, maybe they get up for it. Maybe they're competitive early on, but I don't. I don't know. And so for me, not necessarily a game that I'm going to get involved in. I don't. Don't blame you. Uh, don't blame me for that. And uh, look. KJ Jefferson, we'll see him replace now Felipe Franks, more of a, a dual threat. Look, and for a team like Rice, that's got to be tough, too, when you come out and you have to face a guy who can do a lot of different things to hurt you at uh, quarterback. I, I would agree with you. He's not, not necessarily the best passer of all time. That's Good one point. area I have concern. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, look, I think Arkansas can out-athlete these guys. Defensively, they should be better than they were last year. They were horrendous. They did play well in that game against Mississippi State, but we'll see what they're able to do. Of these early games, Amal, we have seen coming out of the, the locker rooms for the second half, not much scoring to be had. Uh, not a surprise in Camp Randall where Penn State forces a three and out to start the third quarter on Wisconsin. And we mentioned, look, we felt like if you could get a 21, that still represented solid value for a second half total, a total that has just been a dead under in what's been a rock fight there in Madison. 48, your closing number. I'm seeing now I'm all we're down I get actually waiting for a new price to be posted because that was down to 20 and a half live Wisconsin goes three and out right away but on the other side Penn State eight rushing yards in the first half and uh yeah 19 and a half now is, uh, is the number that gets that gets posted I don't know it, it, there, I don't think there's a point where you could you could buy low on the over because we just have not seen any movement to this point yeah and by the way the good news is nowadays the way college football rules are constructed you know Rob Manfred kills us in baseball with these extra inning rules <laughs> yeah. college football is helping you if you've got an under because uh, after the second overtime it just goes to two-point conversions Exactly, yeah. So it's a, a difference from that perspective. So it, it'll definitely help out. I don't know if we're going to get, what was that, that Wake Forest game from a few. I don't know if we're going to get Wake Forest, Vatech, nothing, nothing at the end of uh, regulation. I don't know if we're going to go, if it's going to be that far. But every time we, we look down, Sean Clifford, it's just a, you know, it's a Joey Harrington 2004-esque uh, dump-off pass for two yards. Need to appreciate that uh, that reference. Was it Detroit Lions? Yes, I, I assume so. I was like Joe, Joey left Oregon in 2001, so I was like, okay. Oh, no, was, the yeah, Lions. Yes, with, with yes, of course. After the great numbers in college, uh, the yes, the uh, the NFL career of, of one uh, Joey Harrington. They do get a first down though, by the way, Penn State. Uh, so that is uh, still nothing, nothing. Just in underway in the uh, the third quarter of of all these early games. There's only one still at the half that you can bet on. And all we had a lot of really interesting to follow how Tulane, Oklahoma played out in the first half. Tulane strikes first. They go up seven nothing in in. Uh, Norman in this quote-unquote road game for Oklahoma. Oklahoma, they end up covering all numbers in the first half. As high as 19 and a half in some spots goes over a, a pretty high total to begin with of uh, in that uh, that mid-30s range. But OU now, 37-14. They did end up kicking a field goal as we were watching right at the end of the half. 56-yarder. Yeah, that, dude, that kicker. That, the first field Sharp. goal he kicked was good from 60. Like. I think I think Gabe uh, Brick... Uh... 
I forgot how you pronounce his last name, but I think he's, he's from Chardon, Ohio. I know because that's like close to about 20 minutes from where I grew up. Yeah. Okay. You and you and uh, you, you and the big Stoops man, Bob Stoops. You guys yeah, go way medium, back. Medium game, Bob. <laughs> medium game, Bob. Uh, it is betting across America here on a Saturday, first Saturday of the college football season. As uh, we're so glad you can hang out with us, giving you all the uh, the live betting uh, options, opportunities to uh, to look at. And uh, Oklahoma, one of the teams who had a scare early, but have since. Recovered. I gave Birchich, I believe, uh, three of three from from field goals so far. Uh, Amal, he's uh, Amal Shah joining me here at the uh, South Point Sportsbook Studio. That second half line, Oklahoma and uh, Tulane, the one game you can still bet, set at Oklahoma minus 10 for the second half. Remember, they were laying about 31 and a half, Amal, so it's now 33 and a half for the game. Total of 28 and a half for 29. You know, we, we obviously talked about this earlier. It was 82 and a half at one point. Come down a little bit, 79 and a half. Now, the big issue, though, and you, you were good to point this out earlier, you felt like if you were going to make a, an over bet, we saw how good Tulane was on their first two drives, scoring a pair of touchdowns. But this is kind of a bet that is it not sort of dependent on a competitive game, which is now not really in the cards as we've seen Oklahoma pull away here. So I'm not sure if, while I think 80 and a half earlier would have looked good based on the competitiveness of the early game and, and a score fest, I just don't see it from Tulane after that good early start, even though Oklahoma has its issues defensively. Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I think it's a, it's going to be a little bit more difficult than I think they'll, they'll slow down. And Oklahoma's defense now starting to show out a little bit, so uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, by the way, i got to tell our guy, Britton, I'm, I'm going to have to just uh, – don't worry about finding this uh, Oregon game because it's Back not showing. Back 12 network. Yet. I don't think we have it. Uh, no, I, I'm, I'm pulling it up uh, to watch on my iPad because i got to pay you. I got to pay 100 bucks a month to get the stupid Pac-12 network out here because <laughs> DirecTV doesn't have it. Great um, job, great job, Limo Larry. Uh, that's a whole other conversation for another time. While we have this, we can we can transition from that to Camp Randall. I'm all while you're busy trying to find Pac-12 network there on your iPad. Penn State touchdown. Six nothing as they go to to your guy uh, Dotson and watch this play for midfield. As look, trying to find uh, John Dotson who was wide open for a touchdown. Sean Clifford oh missed him in the first half. Blown coverage. There was not another Badger within, uh, with basically between Madison and Fond du Lac. Them all. And it's That's a, a good reference. Touchdown. I'm glad you came up with him. I was going. Thank my you. standard response on anything in the state of Wisconsin is always Sheboygan. Shebo- yeah, there yeah, you go. You know, you you got a wife and 2.6 kids whose names are Johnny and Lisa, and you're from Sheboygan. That pretty much summarizes the state. As of Wisconsin. a Wisconsin native, I, my arsenal's a little bit deeper. Uh, yeah, I hope names. it is. So yeah. I figured Fond du Lac would be a good place to start. 7 nothing though, Penn State. Remember when this was nothing, nothing, and Wisconsin had the ball first and goal at the Penn State 2. We went to timeout, end of the quarter. Wisconsin, assuming a touchdown, was, and the books assumed it, they were laying 8.5 in-game, Wisconsin. And they end up uh, stalling out, false start from the two-yard line, field goal blocked, next possession of all, they get down right near the goal line again, fumble, bad exchange between quarterback and running back. All of a sudden, Amal, in a game where even despite all the struggles, Wisconsin still looked like pretty clearly the better side. And we said, don't lay the three and a half in the second half because this kind of felt like Wisconsin by three. Amal, this is now 7 nothing Penn State, and you're going to get Wisconsin. Uh, they are now a three-point underdog live here. I'm seeing, uh, th- at least at Westgate, uh, seeing three little juice to the Penn State side at minus 120. In other spots, you can get Wisconsin plus three and a half for the game. That feels really enticing. It does, but I'll tell you, the Penn State defense has been equal to the task. Yes. Give them some credit. We've talked at length about how well Wisconsin's played defensively, and I love to give Penn State credit. What an adjustment at halftime. You mentioned it, and I didn't see in the live action. You saw it when Dotson, how wide open he was. What a great job he finds him, and you. And I like your reference because there was literally I nobody know, in nobody. the area. I think somebody was already out on State Street. I Probably. mean, Grabbing a beer, it seemed like, <laughs> come on, man, let's go. Let's cover Dotson. If there's one guy you want to cover, he might be the guy. 
I, that's probably – well, especially, too, we saw in the first half. He was wide open, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and Clifford just couldn't hit him. So maybe it helped. It was only a 50-yard yeah. uh, pass. So 7 nothing there. Uh, just getting another look, by the way, at that at that touchdown. I mean, he really was uh, – well, I, I don't know. If you're I, Jim Leonard, like, what, he's such a good D.C. Like, what, what, are, you, what are you saying Sometimes there? it happens. You get a bust of play. Just yeah. to give you an idea on the play on the TV broadcast, how wide open he was, when you see Dotson <laughs> coming into the frame, you don't even actually see the Wisconsin defender who's so far to the right, and then finally you see him probably about 15 yards away. By the way, another touchdown for Army in the Army-Georgia State game. This is a game, like, I, I completely wrong, at least for me. I, I did not play this game. I just thought it would be a really tight game. Army completely running rough shot all over Georgia State to this point. 33-7 now, five minutes into the third quarter. And this was a Georgia State team that was favored by two and a half. We mentioned them all, just how good this Army Black Knight team is, especially if you're not used to playing them on a year-in basis. Uh, they And they've thrown a couple quarterbacks in there today, not that they usually pass the ball, but now 168 uh, rushing yards four touchdowns on the ground, had a, a fourth down and goal that they went for right at the end of the first half. And we've talked about this. For, if you're betting, a lot of this in the college game comes down to comes down to coaches that you trust. And Dan Munkin, for uh, for him being in his eighth season, he's a, a guy you pretty clearly can trust. And Army is running away with this. It's pretty much game over here. I'm all five minutes into the third. Oh, this thing is done and dusted. And it's tough to come back against Army based on the style of tempo that they employ. Uh, but you know the one thing I would ask a lot of people, and I'm always curious about, curious about this because I always give Mike Palm a hard time about this. Why do so many people bet games where they have no knowledge or familiarity with the teams? No, I'm <laughs> serious. I, you know, like we can talk about Georgia State all you want, and I can sit there and prep for it. I, I don't waste my time on Georgia State because I will never bet a game they're involved in all year. I want to hone in on teams like Wisconsin. I can tell you right now, we've been, you've been watching this game. I know everybody on the Penn State defense. I know I know everybody on this team. Like, I want to bet on teams that I know. I know one thing. they got an elite defense. I know Wisconsin's got an elite defense. Now, that doesn't mean the game's going to play out the way I think it does, but I would rather do that than bet on a Georgia State team. I couldn't tell you if you ran three guys through this studio <laughs> if they played for Georgia State or if they played for Yale. You're not, you're not handicapping Cornelius uh, Brown the fourths? Passing metrics from last year. I am not, but I know one thing. I know Coastal Carolina plays uh, Georgia Southern every year, and they're used to the triple option and Shea Word. So I I don't know. I heard people say, well, they don't play a triple option. It's always easiest to play a triple option when you start the season, but they also play that every year in season. So as Graham Mertz just found out what the ground in Madison tastes like. Jeez, this he just is, got uh, buried. He, he's, and that's not the first time either. The the Penn State defensive line has won that battle. Rough day for the Wisconsin O-line. As uh, here, Mertz, he's already been blindsided once. here on a play-action fake, turns around and gets crunched. So Wisconsin uh, backed up again inside their own territory, down 7 nothing right now. Uh, mentioned that, that live line, Army now laying 23.5 live, 33-7 on Georgia State. Michigan has tacked on another touchdown, so 33-7. Uh, so for, for Jim Harbaugh, a very important seventh year here, Amal. Slow start to this game. They did lose one of their top uh, wideouts early. Not sure if we've seen uh, an update on that because we saw him uh, limp off, go to the locker room there in the first half. That was Ronnie Bell, who had a 76-yard touchdown catch right out of the gate. Uh, Caleb Elby, though, not too surprising to see him struggle against a, a big step-up in class. Amal. It's uh, been a solid performance early for the, the new D.C. there in Ann Arbor. Just 11 of 22 is Elby for 101 yards. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh you know, that, that was the big question mark in terms of how well this defense could perform and so far done a great job. I was a little bit concerned for Michigan after that opening drive. They look good, yeah. but give them credit. They made some tremendous adjustments. Now, I will tell you one thing. The Ann Arbor uh, 
fans are going to be a bit delusional thinking, okay, this is the year. You know, you opted out of the game last year. Let's see if this year they have a little bit more of a punch. And I'll tell you, I, I don't want to overblow this, but if Ronnie Bell is injured for an extended time, let's hope that's not the case. Mm-hmm. That would be right. a big blow to the Michigan passing game. They got UW and Jimmy Lake coming into town next weekend. Let's, that's going to be a really critical game for both sides. Yeah, look, for, look, first time since Harbaugh's first year where they have not been ranked in the preseason top 25. Not that that matters for us as betters, but it just gives you a sense of, of where this team is at. Uh, they were laying in the 17 and a half range coming in pregame against Western Michigan, covering that right now with ease. Now 29 and a half uh, for the game. I know one of the themes here of some of these games, of all lack of scoring, uh, that is continuing as well down at Jerry World because K-State and Stanford, I mean, the, the Stanford dual quarterback uh, thing that David Shaw's trying to work on, it's, uh, it's not going well. And the 9 a.m. Again, another thing you can thank your commissioner for if you're Stanford. The, uh, not that, not that uh, they get, they, we will see some of these local 9 a.m. West Coast starts in it truly happen later in the year, but this is a tough ask for, for Stanford. And uh, against the K-State team, it's not like they're, they're expected to be amazing and a lot of questions for them to answer for Chris Kleiman as well, but uh, it's going pretty well right yeah, now. Yeah, and to me, I know the, the 3.30 Eastern East Coast windows are a little bit more crowded, mm-hmm. but if you're Stanford, you've got to figure out a way to not have this game scheduled at 11 a.m. in Jerry exactly. World. Exactly. Uh, it's the same thing with LSU. I said, Scott Woodward, uh, you know, i got to question the AD at uh, LSU, and they could they may very well dominate UCLA tonight, but why are you playing a game against a team that's already played an opponent? That's a good question. Yeah. And look, I get I get to that on the other side. We'll, we'll preview this a little bit later. Uh, we, we can get some thoughts on it right now. Uh, by the way, Tanner McKee has been the one who's taking, taking the bulk of the snaps for Stanford. 9 of 11, uh, 78 yards, but just 16 carries for 25 yards in that ground game for Stanford. So not moving the ball whatsoever as they took a little money here. Three-point closing underdogs to Kansas State, and it's all Wildcats laying 10.5 right now, 30.5 your live total. Uh, I will say, though, we saw last week in the Rose Bowl, I mean, it, part of, this was, what, a 100-degree day, and it was, I think, a, what, a noon Local time kickoff for that UCLA-Hawaii game. There was, what, generously 5,000 fans there? I mean, there's nobody at, at the Rose Bowl. And it's not like UCLA has a you know, massive fan base to begin with. Now, at least in recent years, now we will see a lot, a lot busier stadium there today. But I just wonder, we saw a lot of movement come to the UCLA side after that week one win, with having not seen LSU so far. And you make a lot of good points as to why you, you think UCLA could be a tough matchup here. But is home, how much is home field advantage really going to play? Well, it's going to, 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 to be a full crowd today because UCLA gave about 40,000 tickets away to various youth groups and other things, uh, organizations in Southern California. Also, um, you know, look, Southern California, I, I lived in L.A. There's a million different things you can do every there weekend. Is. So there's a plenty of options. And people forget two things about UCLA. Number one, it is a huge commuter school. And number two, you're 25 minutes away in Pasadena, and then you are the Westwood campus in Westwood. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we, you know, for a lot of students who don't have cars who live on campus, going from, you know, 405 in Wilshire all the way over to, uh, you know, getting off uh, on I-10 over there is not that simple. So, for me, I, I look at the situation and say, I think this is a game. It's a night game. You'll have a pretty good crowd. Bruins got the win in week one. I, I think there'll be a crowd. And you've seen money coming in on the Bruins here, down to two now with the Tigers. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it has been a stark move again. This was, what, four and a half before the season kicked off, and we saw UCLA throttle Hawaii uh, last week. Those, those are the current odds here at, uh, at LSU minus two. I did, my point is just being, like, I get we're going to have a full house, but you have to think LSU's going to travel really well for this game. I don't know why everybody says that. Louisiana's one of the poorest states in the nation. It's not like when you go to a road game with LSU, they're coming 
coming in the way Ohio State does. Go to the resale market on LSU Tiger Stadium games. They're they're not looking the SEC. There's not a big resale market. The right. economics just don't support it. And it's not a criticism of the state of Louisiana or the people there. It's just the facts. And to me, with what's going on in the state of Louisiana right now, I don't think a lot of people are going to be in the position to travel. There's a lot that, more. That's also a good point. There's a lot yeah. more serious issues to deal with at uh, pressing time right now or that are at the present uh, that are more pressing. So for me, I, I don't I don't agree with that notion. The other thing is keep in mind there is a major and I mean major coach coaching mismatch in this game. You've got Ed Orgeron against Chip Kelly. I get Ed Orgeron's won a national title. Chip Kelly has not, but he's been in a national title game. And Ed Orgeron has been fortunate. He's a great recruiter, but nobody mm-hmm. sits there and says, hey, this is the guy we got to get. Yeah. Uh, look, he's a great soundbite. I mean, literally, great, yeah. great soundbite. But I, I think the other question that has to be asked, too. We saw a DTR, the Dorian Thompson Robinson, the quarterback for UCLA, wasn't asked to do a whole lot last weekend in that blowout win over, uh, over Hawaii. So much has been made, too, of all of, look, you've got everybody back for UCLA. But at the end of the day, Chip Kelly still 10 and 21 now in, into his fourth year. Where I mean, should the expectations be at this point? You're, you're getting down into the range where it's at two and a lot of money coming in on UCLA. It's almost uh, like, like the, the odds for an upset here are, are pretty ripe. I mean, are you as, as bullish just in general for the long, long-term season on UCLA as it seems like other people are, despite the lack of a track record here for a lot of these guys? Great point in terms of lack of track record, but a lot of it comes down to this game today. Indiana had a great season last year because they beat Penn State. If they lose to Penn State, yeah, Penn State point. probably has a better year than they did, and I think Indiana goes in reverse compared to that. So a lot of times you have a certain game that can really change the momentum and how the season get, goes for a particular team. All those things are critical. I feel like the same way about this Penn State-Wisconsin game. Wisconsin's had opportunities they haven't kept capitalized on them. If they don't play well and win this game today, I think it's going to be tough for them to really build on this one uh, in terms of the season. We're finally starting to see some scoring. Again, uh, Amal, I think you feel pretty safe with your 50 and a half total bets. Uh, There's still a long way to go. I'll tell you right now, the second half is already in peril because... It is. Um, that was 21. It's 7 nothing. Wisconsin uh, right now marching down inside the Penn State 25 here. As they, they've finally gotten some ground game going down inside actually the 17-yard line. They've got a first and 10. Yeah, and you know, that's the funny thing. Right now, week one, like it's a mistake on my part to even sit there and contemplate the second half under because you know 21 points. You get 7-7, seven, seven, you're already in a bad position. And and, um, you know, it's hard to expect that you're going to shut them out. But Penn State in the red zone has been tremendous. Let's see what they can do here now as Wisconsin has the ball first and 10 of the 14. The issue so far, though, and you touched on this earlier, Mertz has clearly felt looked rattled. He's been yeah. shaken by a couple of big hits. We've seen now three possessions for Wisconsin in the red zone, and they've really not been aggressive whatsoever. I mean, is that you still have so much time left, nine and a half to go in the third quarter. Is the calculus change right now? If you're, you're Paul Christ, I know you're down 7 nothing, but they've clearly had a game plan for how to attack this. It hasn't obviously worked. But I'm not sure if you're still expecting them to take a lot of shots right now. Look, a tight bunch set here, first and 10 at the 14, as they hand it off for, again, maybe nine inches there, Amal. Yeah, that's that's the problem. And now you're putting yourselves in second and long. And with Penn State's edge rushers, they've got a great opportunity to get home. And I think that's the difference. They, they are really good. I don't think people realize because Penn State didn't have a good year last year. Ben, this was a top 20 defense. I mean, and, and they struggled. Look at their record. I think it was the yeah. Nebraska game where they gave up 8 million points in the first half. Think about how well they have played actually as a whole, even though they had that bad game. Ohio State was effective against them early on in the first half. So uh, give this Penn State team a lot of credit. As the Oregon Ducks are on the board. Uh, they lead 6 nothing. PAT coming. All right, so Oregon, and they do just convert on the PAT. So set them all got that Pac-12 network fired up on the iPad. What? A 7 nothing. eight minutes to go first quarter. Turnover by Fresno State. It was a three-play, three-yard drive. It's not like Oregon has looked mm. like a world beater so far. Well, thanks for keeping us updated because we, we can't watch it in here. Uh, yeah. so, 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 so thank There's you. a lot of people around uh, the country 
that can't watch exactly. it, unfortunately. Uh, by the way, how about, look, how about the aggressiveness of, now you're down 37-14, so it should be aggressive, but how about Tulane? Yeah, for Willie Fritz, they've come out, you have to uh, admire, again, with all the adversity for that Tulane program, having this game moved from New, from New Orleans as a result of the hurricane to Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, Willie Fritz goes for it, fourth and nine at the OU 39-yard line. They pick it up. That could be a big play of all. I know there's so much time left, 11.45 to go, as Wisconsin does run it into the end zone, so they get a touchdown with uh, Chaz, Mal- Chaz Malusi, so a chance to tie it up with a PAT there for Wisconsin. But, uh, look, this is still a game from a spread perspective. Still well on the balance for Oklahoma, laying 31-and-a-half here. They cover the first-half number. Up in this spot, uh, seeing it at, uh, at, at 37-14, uh, pretty similar to the closing number as far as your halftime line. But Tulane gets a touchdown here, Amal, and, and all of a sudden we're kind of back on from, a, from paying it, having to pay attention to this from the full game spread perspective. A- absolutely. The, this is one where you kind of put it on the back burner. And, I, and I, you know, it's funny. You do the same thing I do. I do this every weekend. Games like this, the Michigan game, it's a blowout. Yeah, They're by 20. Like, yeah. You know, you, you turn them off. You, you Big spreads, yeah. early season. It's exactly. exactly. You, you take a look at those. But, you know, still um, – uh, they're going to have to kick a field goal here. You're down 23. If you're playing to win the game, you got to go for this. If not, you take the three points if you're Tulane. At three and a half minutes into the third quarter, we'll see what Tulane elects to do. Wisconsin, they get the extra point. Have tied it up. It's a new ball game now at uh, Camp Randall. Good in-game opportunities on both, both sides. You could have looked at, and we'll see what that reposted line gives us on the other side. Thanks for hanging with us. Lots to talk about. Action-packed Saturday of college football week one of the season. We'll talk about more in-progress action next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever. 
and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With football season getting underway, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada Premier Sports Betting app. BetMGM is all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds, specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM. State-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522 4700. A lot of fun we are having today. Betting across America back with the mall shop. Ben Wilson with you from the South Point Sportsbook Studios in Las Vegas. Mike Pritchard, our good friend, host of this show during the week, is going to join us in the final segment of the hour as we're watching all these early, these uh, noon kickoffs, and all start to wind down. Look, we've got all the games on here in, in studio. We were noticing the SEC network people, Kentucky all over UL Monroe, by the way. That had a lot of interesting implications betting wise for the first half number. Not so many implications now all the Kentucky look that's they're not covering yet 31-7 as we go to the end of the third quarter they're laying about 30 and a half for the game but there's all these people I look up there's eating bananas like without even peeling like just eating through the peel and apparently this is a thing and leave it to the people in in the southeastern conference to to do this of all but uh, you and I are both just we're sitting here like We've lost our appetites now for the remainder of the day. Yeah, I, it's seriously. I mean, it's it going was just on. awful. And uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, this, this no, the, no words. Good. You know, this is what a sideline side reporting should be for injuries. That's it. We, we not, don't need, we don't need the useless question as coach. Why'd you kick a field goal? Well, there was three seconds left in the half. We were facing a fourth and seventeen. That's why we kicked it. <laughs> I mean, How do you on. feel about uh, about the lead with half? Anyway, Listen, we just we just have too many stupid people on the planet. I feel bad for Terry Terry Bowden. Tough spot to come in for UL Monroe. Uh, Warhawks they've, they've hung tough. Thirty-one-seven. Not sure. Look, I guess from the total perspective, that is actually the side that looks the best right now. If you uh, if you wanted an under in in uh, that game, because for Monroe coming into that spot. 
spot. It was a pretty high total of 55. Kentucky has looked comfortably ahead so far, but they're not really put, uh, putting the foot on the gas. So 30 and a half as Penn State. What? What? Where has this offense come from? All of a sudden, another big hitter. This was nothing, nothing at the half at Camp Randall. Penn State and Wisconsin, first scoreless halftime game in the Big Ten since Michigan Northwestern in 2014. All of a sudden, Sean Clifford, uh, shades of, uh, of peak Matt McGloin, apparently, Amal. Down to the 27-yard line, and Penn State back in business in a 7-7 game. Yeah, I can tell you're definitely not a Penn Stater. There's nobody in the history of Penn State that's referencing Matt McGloin. I do. That would uh, you would you would enjoy that. Oh, uh, you listen. He was as bad as some of these other <laughs> stiffs that they brought through State College. Uh, you listen. Keep signing these guys, James. I appreciate it immensely. But uh, they're moving the ball, and it was surprising on that third down and ten that uh, Wisconsin's defense. Uh, you know, they didn't cover the deep uh, secondary on this one, so they get beat. And now all of a sudden, Penn State in business, second down and 10 at the uh, Wisconsin 27-yard line, 7.26 to go. So I'll tell you what, this game is far from under in, in terms of the total as Wisconsin goes off sides. And at least um, they were smart enough to take a shot here on this play, and I think there's a P.I. as well. It, are you surprised to have seen the number of just mental mistakes a team, a Paul Christ coach team has made today where you've seen the, the just brutal red zone play, the false start first and goal at the two, fumble at the first and goal at the seven and you've had a couple of other uh, bad penalties as well that they've uh, they've taken yeah but I, I would also put it on you know look it's week one there's going to be some mistakes you're playing yeah. a very competitive opponent look i i personally i'm glad the league is starting play but at the same time I, i'm not a fan of this game being played in week one let these guys go play somebody get a little bit of a tune-up i think the game would have been better had they played in week two to start out your season playing penn state wisconsin in conference Penn, particularly Penn State, if they lose this game, it is just, I mean, critical to their chances to be mm -hmm. able to win the Big Ten because then you have to pretty much run the table. You're not expecting Ohio State to lose three times if you lose to them, or you'd have to beat them, and then you hope you don't drop another game and still you won't get into the Big Ten championship. It was pass interference, by the way, so the, the double penalty uh, for, for Penn State. But Sean Clifford, who wears Matt McGloin's old number? The, uh, Ford, the guy who, who last time we saw Matt McGloin in any professional action was uh, was basically uh, was, was cursing out his own teammates in the XFL with the New York Guardians. That's I, the last time we I think Todd Blackledge also wore 14. It was a first round pick and I think the Kansas City Chiefs would like that pick back. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. Uh, I don't think you're wrong at that. Uh, this is first and 10 now at the 13 for Penn State. As Clifford goes back to pass, angled pass to the end zone, that is incomplete. Uncatchable ball. So second and 10. Interesting play call though. Uh, I'm all looking for the, all of a sudden, two completion passes and it's like Penn State, they're just it's becoming like Texas Tech air raid here in the third quarter. Well, you know, I was that's what I was getting ready to make the point of as, as Oregon scores again off of another turnover by Fresno mm. State. So two short field. But Penn State, as you alluded to in the first half, couldn't run the ball. So far in this game, they've got two yards That's rushing amazing. the football on nine two. carries. They have just abandoned the run completely. If you're Wisconsin, to me, Jim Leonard's team should be able to absolutely tee off in this situation as they're bringing an edge rusher. And See, this is what I'm talking about. That is great defense by Wisconsin there. They bring a guy, free rusher, uh, safety, excuse me, the corner fills in, and they t uh, tackle the receiver on a crossing route. Nothing gained there. Now facing a big third big and ten. Big third and ten next. We'll update you on that next. Other scores going on, especially in these, these games that have just kicked off. Oregon, Arkansas, we'll update you on those lines on the other side. Then Mike Pritchard joins us in about uh, 20 minutes right here on Betting Across America.
This week's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod focuses on closing weekend in New York and California. Andy Serling and Tom Amos, the odd couple of Saratoga Live, review the summer season and look at today's Jockey Club Gold Cup. Dwayne Colucci, our man of the Rampart Sportsbook Handicaps races at Saratoga and Del Mar. Keith Chamblin of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association discusses the current state of handicapping contests like last weekend's National Horse Players Championship in Las Vegas. Subscribe at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download it now at vcin.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Amal, we, uh, we've yet to say this, this uh, two-word phrase. College kickers. Until right now. Penn State, Wisconsin. I mean, it's already been a calamity for special teams today as we're back here on Betting Across America. Uh, this has been uh, a game you just cannot take your eyes off of. 7-7 Big Ten Classic going on right now in Madison. Penn State, though, misses a 23-yard field goal. Jordan Stout uh, pushes it wide right, not like the Wisconsin field goal earlier we saw that was just blocked at the line. And so now both teams all have left multiple uh, points off the board. Should, uh, Wisconsin should have had at least six more in the first half and uh, no reason to walk away with, uh, with nothing there for Penn State. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's just unbelievable in terms of missed opportunities in this game we've seen by both sides. And you think about it now, uh, the, the updated lines at uh, this, this point, Back to Wisconsin, minus two and a half. There could have been some great middling opportunities here, Maul, because you had multiple shots. When it was obvious that this game was going to be played really tightly, you still could have gotten Wisconsin in the plus eight and a half, or I should say Penn State in the plus seven and a half, eight and a half range. You could have gotten Wisconsin at plus three and a half after they went down seven, nothing. Wouldn't you say, what, what would you say the odds are that this thing lands three, if, assuming we don't go to overtime if this ends in regulation? There's a strong possibility, I think, because the way the number of opportunities in terms of scoring in this game, I think it'll slow down a little bit and get a little more conservative in the fourth quarter. The one thing is, though, Penn State is being forced to throw the ball. And I give James Franklin credit. They've decided to abandon the run. You're not. You're just literally killing clock and up down yeah. running the football. So, uh, you know, two yards on nine carries, not going to get it done. I, I like the idea that, hey, let's just air it out. And they've had success. I mean, the reality of it is they probably should have had two drives with touchdowns. Third and six for Wisconsin, 4.40 to go in the third quarter. Mertz drops back, tough pass into a tight angle. No flag call. That was great coverage, and this Penn State defense uh, it, it continues to hold strong. Three and out for, for, uh, for the Badgers after they get an absolute gift. And we saw Penn State fail to take advantage of the earlier Wisconsin blunder when they, had a, they, they missed a wide-open touchdown. And so, that's look, it's, it's been very similar. And I think the point you made earlier, though, it's, it's really played out where these teams not, not really that sharp overall for week one. And we've seen a number of, of, uh, of either mistakes or being in a, unable to take advantage of those opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I said I wish this game was played a little bit later in the season. Uh, you would have seen uh, probably a little bit more – Succinct offenses, mm -hmm. and so right now a little bit of a challenge is Tulane with an opportunity. They're going to have – did he I drop dropped, it? It dropped swing pass in the flat. I was just about to say, Oklahoma length 31 and a half year, Amal. They were up 37-14 uh, after a slow start, 37-14 at the half, but they've been quiet in the third quarter, up 23 in Tulane, knocking, uh, knocking on the door third and one right now inside the Oklahoma 10. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of not being sharp whatsoever, Stanford and uh, David Shaw, it's been a complete goose egg so far. K-State adds a field goal. 17 nothing. Wildcats is only a three-point favorite down in Jerry World, and that's been the fastest-moving game of the day. Seven and a half to go. Stanford has done nothing on offense all day today. This has been a dead under as well from the start. Yeah, maybe people can continue to tell me how good of a coach David Shaw is. I guess <laughs> if your goal is to bet unders in games, then David Shaw is the greatest coach of all time. I mean, you got 17 points, seven and a half minutes to go. K-State knocking back on the door inside the red zone after a turnover. They'll probably punch this in or at least get three points. But this is just a pathetic performance. I mean, you're a world-class university, great campus. How are, you're in the Pac-12. How are you not getting better, better players? And, you know, this is what makes Nick Saban great, right? They, they ran a style of tempo that was similar to Stanford. Run the ball, play Touchdown defense. Touchdown, K-State. Uh, easy. Skylar 
Thompson, Thompson. Uh, Skylar Thompson, second rushing touchdown today. And, yeah. and you know, give uh, Nick Saban credit. He adjusted. They went to a spread offense. They started throwing the ball all over the place. It wound up with four first-round wide receivers in the last two years as Michigan's on the board again, now 39-7 in Ann Arbor. But David Shaw has never adjusted, and he has stayed in the rotary dial phone era, and he has not mm-hmm. moved into the technology and advanced himself, and they're going to continue to struggle until they do that. And by the way, oh, keep going backwards, Penn why State. Is, why, did Penn, why is Penn State trying to run? Maybe they want to get into the negative uh, they yardage. They are officially. Loss think- of six. Uh, wow, that was well. They were, they had given them. They were up to nine for nine. So now make that ten for three for for Penn State as they go backwards. So twenty four nothing Kansas State. They will roll as a three point favorites, easily covering there with seven minutes to go. Mentioned Michigan extra point to make it forty to seven as a sixteen point favorite. So after a slow start, Michigan has looked very solid in uh, Jim Harbaugh's start to his seventh year. Forty to seven there, and Michael Pratt into the end zone for Tulane. So they go for it on fourth and one. Amal's hands are thrown up as I believe Penn State just missed another wide open touchdown. Okay, there's not a guy in Wisconsin that can cover <laughs> Jahan Dotson. Clearly. And, and three times. Three times. They, these should have one been three touchdown. house calls. Only one. And uh, they only hit one of them. He just, they, it's second and 15, and, and they're playing backyard football. Everywhere, he gets in the huddle, and he's like, Everyone go deep. Dotson goes deep. He runs right past the secondary. He's got him beat by eight to nine yards. He overthrows him by five to seven yards. First one, in no space between Madison and Fonda. Like that one is probably that one is probably Madison to Usberg. Uh, in all honesty, did not quite uh, did not quite find the man though. That's that's a one for three on wide open touchdown throws today. Sean Clifford, and now they have a third and fifteen backed up inside their own thirty, under four to go in the third quarter, and Clifford gets popped. Big sack, and uh, again, this has just been a constant flip of momentum throughout the day today. Tulane also, how about this, going for two here. Um, all this is a good time to bring you in from, from the game theory perspective here. 37-20, 3.30 to go. Uh, going for two to make it will be a 15-point game after Ter- the touchdown. Terrible decision. You want to put game pressure on Oklahoma, you make the extra point at 16, you miss your down three scores. Yeah. It changes how you attack and play tempo in this you. game. This is not the situation. I will tell you where they always make the mistake, though, is at 22, they score to make it 16. They should always go for two there because if you miss, then you, you still, still have two yeah, more opportunities. Still, still two so you've got to be either right. one for one or two out of three. Instead, they want to go one for one every time. I, I don't yeah, agree. This is interesting. So they're going for two. They go with the designed end-around play, and they will get it. So Tulane, Beautiful if, design you, if you play, laid though. the wood with Oklahoma thinking, all right, Tulane, uh, by the way, I looked down at my screen, another another open man for Penn State overthrown. Uh, and then they, then they, uh, they have to punt it back to Wisconsin, so 7-7. But this is now 37-22. Oklahoma was laying 31-and-a-half. They do cover the first half line, but – you're, you're, you, we've seen a very odd third quarter where Spencer Rattler and OU, they've just looked disinterested so far, and you see that a lot of times in these Week 1 games. Great word choice there. You're absolutely right. They've struggled. They haven't done anything. They had a couple of field goals late to get the first half covered, but they have not moved the football. But I think the two-lane touchdown will kind of wake them up. You're in a 15-point game. Forget covering the spread at this point in time. It's going to be appears to be difficult for Oklahoma to do now, but in terms of getting this game to win it, you you got to do that. And you know, you brought this point up early in the show. I, I don't know if it was the Alabama game or the Oklahoma game. You said about taking the first half. And I think that's why it's so important in the first half because teams are a little bit more, okay, we got to put this mm-hmm. game out of reach. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, to, to the point you just made, Oklahoma's on cruise control. And it looked 21 and a half for the game, which, again, that's a pretty steep discount from 31 and a half. But you've had so many opportunities. We mentioned it was down to 10 and a half for the first half when OU went down 7 nothing, Exploded, end up covering even the original first half line at 19 and a half. So that's where we stand right now, 37-22. Uh, by the way, Oregon now laying 27 and a half live up 14 nothing their late first quarter. Arkansas has scored to make it 7 nothing on Rice. They were laying 20 in that game. On the other side, we're going to get Mike Pritchard's thoughts on what he's seen so far on the college football slate. The former standout at Colorado back in the late 80s, early 90s. Pritch will join the show coming up next here on Betting Across America.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On a summer night in Paris, American artist Lee Krasner is drifting off to sleep when the phone rings. On the line, news that her husband, Jackson, is dead. Jackson, as in the painter Jackson Pollock. He might, to this day, be the most mythologized figure in American art. But how much of the story that we've been told about him is just that, a myth? On Death of an Artist, season two, Krasner and Pollock, the story about how the art world changed forever, and the story of the artist who reset the market for American abstract painting. Just maybe not the one you're thinking of. Listen to Death of an Artist, Krasner and Pollock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Discover 
winning feels like at BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy 100 bucks. Register using code VEASAN100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on any college football game and either team scores a touchdown, no matter what your gridiron game is. BetMGM is always ready for the action. Enjoy parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted on specials, and more. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use code VEASAN100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on any college football game and either team scores a touchdown. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, new customer offer, paid and free bets. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. We've reached the end of the line. Final segment of Betting Across America. Back with Amal Shaw. I'm Ben Wilson from our South Point Sportsbook Studios. Still 7-7 as we go to the fourth quarter in Camp Randall. Going to be a great uh, finish to that. I know Amal is uh, Amal, Amal's excited for the end of the game. And oh, we're going to be off the air before the end of it so you can actually watch. Uh, this is going to be an exciting segment because we have a former national champion joining us That's in a second. True. But right now, the best thing in college football is going on. Jump around third quarter at Camp Randall. Oh, yeah. We, we know about that. Uh, three and a half, by the way. Wisconsin laying for the fourth quarter, 27 and a half is your live total at seven apiece. Let's welcome in the guy who hosts this show during the week. We're just kind of, we're, we're the people doing the seat warming right now for Mike <laughs> Pritchard, uh, the outstanding host of this show, betting across America Monday through Friday uh, during the week. So Pritch uh, gave, give, giving us some time right now, former outstanding wide receiver for the Colorado Buffs back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. So Pritch, I'm sure you are having a lot of fun, just like Amal and I are here uh, watching all these games play out uh, early on. Thank you so much for taking, taking the time. What stood out to you so far? Has it been the incompetent? of David Shaw and Stanford, the uh, the grinded out battle we're seeing in Madison. What, what's been the uh, the most intriguing thing to you in our first slate of games here on this big college football Saturday? Hey, great to be with you guys. You know, first of all, I, I think one jump around is one of the best traditions in college football, like Amal was talking about. I got broadcasted a game out there at Camp Randall, and that environment is incredible. Uh, I think Big Ten, this game, uh, we knew defense was going to be the name of this game, Penn State, Wisconsin. But I have to tell you, fellas, I mean, I, I think I think they turned back the clock on football about 15 to 20 years in this one, though. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I think, you know, look, the, the games, and, and that's something for betters to take uh, note of. Uh, we get so hyped for the beginning of the year. But it's going to take a minute for these guys, these kids, to readjust to fans being back and the stands, the pressure of the moment. We saw that with Ohio State as well. I mean, Tulane sticking with Oklahoma a little bit. Uh, so that's kind of surprising. Yeah, you're right about Stanford. Uh, that program, I, I think it all starts with leadership a lot of times. And you look at Stanford from, from a program standpoint, uh, I, I think they're void of leadership uh, or people not on the right page, too. So that that's playing out on the field right now for them. So, so many surprises. Week one, the true week one in college football, but yet uh, I'm not surprised because uh, of the beginning and, and certainly the circumstances that we are in right now. Mike, I want to go to a game you and I have similar interest in, which is at the Rose Bowl between LSU and UCLA. I like UCLA as well as you do. How much of an advantage, and from your perspective as a former player, is it from going from week one to week two in terms of offensive continuity and the fact that LSU has not played a game yet, had to practice in Houston this week. Also, some more important things ongoing there in the state of Louisiana. So many players from within that state. Uh, yet Hurricane Ida, they're dealing with family and personal issues as well. So I, I think that's a good spot for UCLA. But Talk to me a little bit about the fact that the Bruins have a game under their belt. That's a big plus, I think. Uh, and the reason why I, I have that lean towards UCLA and certainly the money line on this one, uh, you know, it's a big moment, Mama and Ben. This is a big game that UCLA has been 
been waiting for. Uh, not only the boosters, just the program in general. So they feel good about themselves. I think playing a game and playing so well against Hawaii, that adds to your confidence level. And then on top of that, Chip Kelly said that he felt like this was a special group going into the year. So all they're doing is building and building and building upon the confidence level. Uh, and so when you go out there and, yeah, you look across the field and you see LSU from the L- uh, SEC, you're not going to be intimidated by that, I don't believe. At least as a player, I, I would not be. Now, on the other side, LSU uh, being disjointed a little bit with the Hurricane Ida and then preparation in, in Houston and then, then traveling across country, it's going to be a late kickoff for them right around 8.30 their time. So there's so much for them to overcome before even playing UCLA. Now, it's a talented, talented group, right? Really talented group, and they've changed coordinators. I think they're going to have some confidence on their side as well. But but the nerves, uh, the mistakes, they haven't made those yet in a game situation. UCLA has. And therefore, that's why I have that lean. Again, Mike Pritchard joining us. Follow him at M.I. Pritchard, by the way, a host of this program here, betting across America during the week, former standout for uh, for Colorado. Got a nice win, by the way. You had uh, Colorado last night getting the win over Northern Colorado. While their foes in Fort Collins uh, looked, I mean, could there have been a worse uh, performance from an FBS versus FCS team pounded at home by the uh, the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State? Last night, I'm sure you uh, you enjoyed that, Mike. I, I will be interested to see. Yes, I did. Uh, I, know you, <laughs> I know you, yeah. It was a good, good, uh, good, good for the buff uh, alums there last night uh, I know coming up to and you, you touched on this as well I'm sure from your from your playing days I know you had uh, uh, Britton Hess was our producer we, we were talking about this uh, in, in off air in the last break you at one point had remember Colorado Tennessee we, we see more of these standalone games now than we used to but you've I know played in a couple of these big ones right away in week one and just how the dynamic changes here and one of the big ones coming up later Georgia Clemson probably as far I mean, you could argue Alabama Miami very intriguing but this certainly the most uh, hyped star-studded matchup between top five potential college football playoff teams. And we've seen a little money here come to the dogs down to two and a half from the three that we saw most of the week. I know you have some pretty strong feelings on this game as well with a total right now sitting at either 51 and a half or 52. How do you think those dynamics play out when we evaluate a matchup like these two blue bloods who gets ready to play in a few hours? Absolutely, Ben. I mean, I looked at this game for a long time because I did think back to when I was a player. Uh, when we won a national championship, we played Tennessee, which was a top 10 team. We played Washington, which was a top 10 team. Uh, we played Illinois, which was a top 20 team. We played Texas. Um, we played Stanford, who I believe was ranked at the time, too. I believe Denny Green was head coach of that team at that point. But the point was is that our program at University of Colorado, Coach Mack wanted to play everybody. And, and you know, back then, too, it, it was all about votes and, and impressions. And, and I think college football is that to a certain extent right now, even though we see the same four teams in the playoffs. So Georgia Clemson, I don't think they lose anything by playing each other early on. So I expect a really, really good game and, and two great programs that had all off season to prepare. Uh, I really believe Georgia, uh, as I took the three points with Georgia, uh, you know, they had an identity crisis. Think about what they have done year after year and uh, top quarterback in the country recruiting, whether it was Fields, whether it was Easton, whether it was Fromm, you know, or now you got JT Daniels. But uh, all these quarterbacks that they've had, they never had that distinct identity. I think they had that now with, with JT Daniels. And, and you throw in that defense, that front, uh, really a good recipe uh, if you ask me to take the three points. Now, Clemson on the other side, they have to – 
get that offensive line together. They got starters back, but that offensive line didn't re, uh, perform at a high enough level to get it done. I mean, it really stood out against Ohio State and Notre Dame when you play fronts like that. And I, I think Georgia has a similar defensive front like that. So, we'll, I mean, DJ is an amazing quarterback, and, and he's got playmakers. But I think it's going to be the determining the trenches these two teams. Yeah, looking at Pritch's team when they were at CU, they played seven ranked teams, including four in the first five weeks of the season. I mean, how many times do you have a team that plays four teams in the top 12 throughout the course of the season? It was impressive. I know you guys had a ton of talent there, but it was just a lot of fun to watch during that season. Mike, I want to ask you real quickly, a game that you have an interest in, a lot of people may not be paying attention, is 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific time, Marshall and Navy. A new coach there for Marshall, Huff taking over, Doc Holliday moving on now. Uh, this is a team that was very solid with Wells at quarterback, but they struggled a little bit offensively down the stretch. They lost their final three games. Who do you like in this game? I think uh, Marshall the short favorite here in this one. Yeah, I like Marshall. Uh, I, I laid the two points. Um, Huff coming over. Look, he's bringing a different standard, and and this is a program I believe Amal and Ben that that they they are going to come up in terms of Marshall, and and they want that profile. And so now I think you have a coach coming in from you know Alabama and you know his trials and, and his path, and and I think that instills a little bit more confidence too, and great athletes. Uh, up there at Marshall uh, defensively, and and the fact that you can prepare for Navy and what they do offensively all off season uh, with those athletes, I, I think the focus will be there for Marshall. I was surprised at just laying mm-hmm. two points with this, so I was looking around for some fishy guys, but I couldn't find anything. So I figured I got to edge that way. Uh, up to three right now. So Mike Pritchard, yeah, best of the number on a couple spots. Uh, Pritch, thank you so much for joining us. Notice how I did not bring up the fifth down game, uh, by the way, on your, your road to uh, Nashville. As a, you know me as a Mizzou alum. We don't need to go there. It's all right. Um, uh, no, we, yeah. we don't. We don't. That's okay. Sorry. I'm sure you're going to bring it up uh, at some point, though. Usually when I see you in studio, whenever I see you, it's usually I bring that up where I bring up uh, something about Favre in the 90s Packers because you know me as a Wisconsin. <laughs> it's usually one of those two things, Mike. I always appreciate you, uh, you, you being willing to, uh, you know, let me, let me talk your ear off about Mike, that Mike, I just want to say one thing in your defense on the fifth down play. It doesn't yes. really matter if Missouri wins. What would they have been? Five and seven? I don't even know what their record was that year. Nobody cares about Mizzou football. <laughs> I can't well, argue well, with that cares. last point. Uh, yeah, nobody cares about their coaches not calling timeout either. Should yeah, the coaches, yes. shouldn't they have recognized that they had an extra down going out there? But, uh, I don't know. I don't. Only, only so in Missouri can you. Uh, only in Missouri can you can you fail to to count to four. Uh, that's that's all I'll say about my all <laughs> matter. Uh, Pritch, as always, man, great to have you on. We are so glad, to, obviously, to have college football back. It has been so fun here yes. at the uh, South Point today. Thanks for uh, for being a small part of of our show today. We'll see you back here on the airwaves on Monday. All right, sounds good, guys. Enjoy the day. All right, appreciate it. Uh, by the way, college kickers and all, they have somewhat redeemed themselves here in Camp Randall. Field goal, good. Badgers, 10-7 with the lead. We have 13 minutes to go. Should be a great finish at Camp yeah, Randall. i got to go to one thing in the K-State game. Stanford just scored down 24-6, to three minutes to did go. Did they not go for two? They did not go for two. Oh, my God. That, that's exactly what? right. I don't understand that. How could you what? not go for two? You cut it to a 16-point game for an onside kick. You go to Stanford, the premier academic institution in the United States. States, and you don't go for two. Math is not hard, people. It's not that hard. Oh, my God. Is there well, one person on the sideline that understands hey, that? You know what's back? College football. You know what's also back? Bad coaching. And that's oh what we've got. Amal, Amal, it's been a blast hanging out with you, man. You we've too. We've had a lot of fun. That should be a great rest of the uh, the slate. Next up, Jonathan Von Tobel, Wes Reynolds have the green zone. We keep on the college football coverage rolling right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.